This is the Bible in one year, day 245. Recognize who you are. The ambassadors I've met have always impressed me enormously. They've clearly been chosen very carefully. They're all trained in the art of diplomacy. They're skilled at representing their country by both how they act and what they say. To be an ambassador is an immense privilege. An ambassador is a minister of the highest rank sent to a foreign court to represent the sovereign or country. A British ambassador is a minister who represents king and country wherever they're sent. Paul writes that we are Christ's ambassadors. The Greek word translated as ambassador shares the same root as presbyter, which is one of the words used to describe church leaders. Whether you are in a recognized leadership role in the church or not, you are an ambassador of Christ with the extraordinary privilege and responsibility of representing Jesus in this world. You are God's representative on earth. Through you, God makes his appeal for others to be reconciled to God, to receive his forgiveness, love, and grace. Appeal to them to become friends of God and ambassadors themselves. As royal ambassadors, act with diplomacy and skill because you are representing Christ on earth. From Psalm 105. Give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles, and the judgments he pronounced. You, his servants, the descendants of Abraham, his chosen ones, the children of Jacob. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He remembers his covenant forever, the promise he made. For a thousand generations, the covenant he made with Abraham, the oath he swore to Isaac. He confirmed it to Jacob as a decree, to Israel as an everlasting covenant. To you I will give the land of Canaan as the portion you will inherit. Ambassadors to the whole world We are called as ambassadors to be a blessing to all nations. Jesus called us to go out to all the world and make disciples of all nations. People of God are blessed in order to be a blessing to the whole world. Give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Today, some of us do not even need to travel to be in contact with many nations. In London, where I live, practically every nation in the world is represented. The psalmist writes, Remember the wonders he has done. And then he goes on to do exactly that. He goes back through all the things God has done for them. What are some of your favorite memories? Take time to remember God's blessing and to thank him. Find a diplomatic way, as an ambassador for Christ, to tell everyone you meet what he's done. As an ambassador for Jesus, stay close to him. Look to the Lord and his strength.
seek his face always. Lord, thank you for all the amazing wonders you have done for me. As I look to the days ahead, help me to make known among the nations what you have done. New Testament from 2 Corinthians 5 and 6 Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We're not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than in what is in the heart. For if we are out of our mind, as some say, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 As God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, In the time of my favor I heard you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Ambassadors with an urgent message. We are all Christ's ambassadors. Paul, as an ambassador of Christ, seeks to persuade people about the truth of the gospel. This is a big responsibility. It's urgent. Take it seriously. It's no light thing to know that we will all one day stand in the place of judgment. That's why we work urgently with everyone we meet, to get them ready to face God. God makes his appeal through you. God could have made his appeal direct or through angels. Instead, he's chosen to do it through you and me. God has given us the task of telling everyone what he's doing. Paul writes, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, become friends with God. He's already a friend with you. First, love is the motive. For Christ's love compels us. His love has the first and last word in everything we do. You're called to live a life of love. First love for Jesus, who died for us so that we should no longer live for ourselves but for him. Second love for others, because we are convinced 
that Jesus died for them. One man died for everyone. Second, love is the message. The message is God loves you. He welcomes you with open arms because Jesus died for you. You can be a friend of God. You can approach him boldly and confidently as often as you choose. The message is all about reconciliation. Reconciliation is about restored friendship in a relationship of love with God and with one another. It's a huge privilege and joy to see people reconciled to God and to one another, especially in marriages, families and other broken relationships. It's made possible through Jesus' death and resurrection. God put the wrong on him who never did anything wrong so that we could be put right with God. Paul writes that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Some people caricature the New Testament teaching and suggest that God is barbaric and unjust because he punishes Jesus, an innocent party, instead of us. This is not what the New Testament says. Rather, Paul writes, God was in Christ. He was himself the substitute in the person of his son to make it possible for us to be restored in a relationship with him. As a result, if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. As the New Living Translation puts it, those who become Christians become new persons. They're not the same anymore, for the old life is gone. A new life has begun. Third, love is the means. Never pressurize people, rather try to persuade them. Because you love them, implore them on Christ's behalf. You are Christ's representative. Jesus always acted in love, and as his ambassadors, you represent this love. Paul writes, I hope you realize how much and deeply we care. As is often said, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Lord, help me to be a good ambassador of Christ. Help me to live a life of love. May Jesus' love compel me in everything I do. Old Testament from Isaiah 1 and 2 The vision concerning Judah and Jerusalem that Isaiah son of Amos saw during the reigns of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Hear me, you heavens, listen, earth, for the Lord has spoken. I reared children and brought them up, but they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its master, the donkey its owner's manger, but Israel does not know. My people do not understand. Woe to the sinful nation, a people whose guilt is great, a brood of evildoers, children given to corruption. They have forsaken the Lord. They have spurned the Holy One of Israel and turned their backs on Him. Why should you be beaten any more? Why do you persist in rebellion? Your whole head is injured, your whole heart afflicted. From the sole of your foot to the top of your head there is no soundness, only wounds and bruises and open sores, not cleansed or bandaged or soothed with oil. Your country is desolate, your cities burned with fire, your fields are being stripped by foreigners right before you, laid waste as when overthrown by strangers. Daughter Zion is left like a shelter in a vineyard, like a hut in a cucumber field, like a city under siege. 
Unless the Lord Almighty had left us some survivors, we would have become like Sodom. We would have been like Gomorrah. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Listen to the instruction of our God, you people of Gomorrah. The multitude of your sacrifices, what are they to me, says the Lord? I have more than enough of burnt offerings, of rams and the fat of fattened animals. I have no pleasure in the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. When you come to appear before me, who has asked this of you, this trampling of my courts? Stop bringing meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. New moons, Sabbaths, and convocations. I cannot bear your worthless assemblies. Your new moon feasts and your appointed festivals I hate with all my being. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands in prayer, I hide my eyes from you. Even when you offer many prayers, I am not listening. Your hands are full of blood. Wash and make yourselves clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. Come now. Let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good things of the land. But if you resist and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. See how the faithful city has become a prostitute. She once was full of justice. Righteousness used to dwell in her, but now murderers. Your silver has become dross. Your choice wine is diluted with water. Your rulers are rebels, partners with thieves. They all love bribes and chase after gifts. They do not defend the cause of the fatherless. The widow's case does not come before them. Therefore, the Lord, the Lord Almighty, the Mighty One of Israel, declares, Ah, I will vent my wrath on my foes, and avenge myself on my enemies. I will turn my hand against you, I will thoroughly purge away your dross and remove all your impurities. I will restore your leaders, as in days of old, your rulers as at the beginning. Afterwards, you will be called the City of Righteousness, the faithful city. Zion will be delivered with justice, her penitent ones with righteousness. But rebels and sinners will both be broken, and those who forsake the Lord will perish. You will be ashamed because of the sacred oaks in which you have delighted. You will be disgraced because of the gardens that you have chosen. You will be like an oak with fading leaves, like a garden without water. The mighty man will become tinder, and his work a spark. Both will burn together with no one to quench the fire. Isaiah chapter 2 This is what Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. 
In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. Many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war any more. Come, descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. You, Lord, have abandoned your people, the descendants of Jacob. They are full of superstitions from the east. They practice divination like the Philistines and embrace pagan customs. Their land is full of silver and gold. There is no end to their treasures. Their land is full of horses. There is no end to the chariots. Their land is full of idols. They bow down to the work of their hands, to what their fingers have made. So people will be brought low and everyone humbled. Do not forgive them. Go into the rocks, hide in the ground from the fearful presence of the Lord and the splendor of his majesty. The eyes of the arrogant will be humbled and human pride brought low. The Lord alone will be exalted in that day. The Lord Almighty has a day in store for all the proud and the lofty, for all that is exalted, and they will be humbled. For all the cedars of Lebanon, tall and lofty, and all the oaks of Bashan, for all the towering mountains and all the high hills, for every lofty tower and every fortified wall, for every trading ship and every stately vessel. The arrogance of man will be brought low and human pride humbled. The Lord alone will be exalted in that day and the idols will totally disappear. People will flee to caves in the rocks and to holes in the ground from the fearful presence of the Lord and the splendor of his majesty when he rises to shake the earth. In that day people will throw away to the moles and bats their idols of silver and idols of gold which they made to worship. They will flee to caverns in the rocks and to the overhanging crags from the fearful presence of the Lord and the splendor of his majesty when he rises to shake the earth. Stop trusting in mere humans who have but a breath in their nostrils. Why hold them in esteem? Ambassadors of Holy Love The characteristic name for God in Isaiah is the Holy writes Eugene Peterson. Holiness is the most attractive quality, the most intensive experience we ever get of sheer life, authentic, first-hand living, not life looked at and enjoyed from a distance. Holiness is a furnace that transforms the men and women who enter it. Isaiah's message is about God's holy love for his people. God loves his people more than any parent loves a child. Yet Isaiah says, For the Lord has spoken. I reared children and brought them up, but they have rebelled against me. He goes on to speak of all the ways in which his children have rebelled. 
their unfaithfulness, the injustice they allow, and their failure to look after the widows and orphans. God's desire is for holiness. Sweep your lives clean of your evil doings so I don't have to look at them any longer. Say no to wrong. Learn to do good. Work for justice. Help the down and out. Stand up for the homeless. Go to bat for the defenseless. But they failed and rebelled. Further, they're full of superstitions. They practice divination and the land is full of materialism and idols. Their religiosity is not working. The Lord says, I have no pleasure in the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. I can't stand your trivial religious games. I'm sick of your religion, 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 while you go right on sinning. Yet God does not abandon them. He says, come now, let us reason together. If your sins are blood red, they'll be snow white. If they're red like crimson, they'll be like wool. He promises, afterwards you'll be called the city of righteousness. The faithful city, Zion, will be redeemed with justice, her penitent ones with righteousness. Like Micah, he promises justice and peace will come. But how? How can we, who are sinful and rebellious, be made righteous? How can we, whose sins are like scarlet, be made white as snow? How will these remarkable promises of the Old Testament be fulfilled? Only in Jesus do we find the solution. The Old Testament prophets foreshadow what was to come. The New Testament tells us how. In today's New Testament passage, we read how God made him, Jesus, who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus, who had no sin, was made sin for us on the cross, so that in him Though our sins are like scarlet, we could be made white as snow and become the righteousness of God. You become friends with God and an ambassador for Christ. Lord, thank you for the immense privilege of being your ambassador, able to take your message to a world that desperately needs forgiveness and hope. Pepper adds. In Isaiah chapter 2, verse 3, it says, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, so that we may walk in his paths. As September begins again, life gets really busy, and I'm aware that there's so much going on and so many plans to make. I want to walk in God's paths this September. I want to hear his voice and bring myself again to God to say, teach me your ways, Lord, and what exciting paths have you in store for me this September?